0: Uh, I'm gonna say no one's better than me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go Blow one. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday, July 2nd edition of Locked on Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fame, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, NFL Draft Analyst at DraftNetwork.com, and excited to dig in today. Uh, we had some happenings that took place yesterday as it pertains to uh, the preseason that needs to be discussed and, and, and further changes that may be looming on the horizon as the NFL tries to strike the right balance between prepping the players for the season and making up for lost time amid the coronavirus pandemic. So that's where we will start today. And then from there, we do have some other fun topics to pivot into. So, I want to get into the specifics of what dynamics changed regarding the preseason. We have less preseason games than what were originally scheduled, and that just extends well beyond just losing the Hall of Fame game as well. So let's start there. Let's dig in, and let's get after it on this Thursday episode of Locked on Dolphins. Reports yesterday indicating that the NFL will cut its preseason schedule down from four games per team to two amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. And as the NFL looks to strike balance between allowing their players enough time to get into playing shape and the NFL enough time to put in testing policies and procedures to help avoid an outbreak amongst NFL athletes. For the Miami Dolphins specifically, this is going to result in some rearranging of the schedule. The NFL got rid of Weeks 1 and 4 on the docket, which left the Dolphins with two scheduled home games in the preseason. But Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald is reporting that all 32 NFL teams will have one road and one home preseason game apiece. The fallout here will continue for not just the Dolphins, but for many NFL teams as the rearranging that's going to be required for multiple teams having two home games or two road games scheduled in the two remaining weeks of the preseason is going to result in some drastic rearranging of the schedule. The Dolphins currently scheduled to have home contests against the Philadelphia Eagles and against the Detroit Lions in weeks two and three of the preseason. But at the same time, the conversation and debate is also worth having of whether or not the NFL is going to retain those games at all. The NFL Players Association seems to be more receptive to the idea of further amending and adjusting the schedule to have no preseason games and allow teams and players the time necessary to make up for so much lost time. At this point in the season, in a regular offseason, you would have seen mini camps rookie camps organized team activities and NFL players having none of those things and only having to engage in either self-organized workouts which the league has uh, kind of nudged players away from and virtual learning via Zoom there's a lot of reps that have already been lost and so the argument becomes from the players NFL players association perspective is it more valuable for us to have a training camp that's twice as long? We put new procedures in place as far as contact and hitting. And, uh, because all of those policies need to be revisited if the training camp is going to be extended you know, for, for wear and tear purposes. Because that's the biggest issue, is if you don't have the reps to, to roll into an intense contact sport like this, and you try and jump in cold, people are going to get hurt. And that, as much as anything else, as the NFL tries to make this work, is something they're going to have to continue to navigate. So don't be surprised if the Players Association continues to push for a further amended preseason schedule that actually includes no preseason games. And that way, players will have from July 28th when they report to team facilities through September 13th, which is currently the scheduled season opener, to build themselves into playing shape and make up the reps that they lost from the loss of OTAs and minicamps and not have a hard start to training camp on July 28th when the players are expected to hit the ground running. Unfortunately, there are no easy answers, but from the NFL's perspective, at the very least, one thing that they do have on their side versus other sporting leagues is they've had more time and more notice and they have more resources than any other professional sports team to try and make sure they strike the right balance and get this right. rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all of the auto and body parts that you might need from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic, or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Interesting tidbit that dropped from Diana Rossini of ESPN yesterday. She said she had a text exchange with, quote, an AFC East head coach on Cam Newton and the Patriots. It's an extremely... Oddly specific yet vague st- statement to make, which paints only a very select few of possible candidates for who could be the guilty party for the following quote, uh, which we'll dig into as far as it pertains to the Dolphins' rivals to the North. The quote was as follows. I think they're going to keep three quarterbacks. Use Cam Newton perhaps as a wild card. I actually don't see him starting week one in the offense One thing I know for a fact, the Patriots love Jarrett Stidham. Okay, was this Bill Belichick like pulling everybody's leg? Is this Bill Belichick trying to drum up the trade interest for Jarrett Stidham? Is this Brian Flores playing mind games with Bill Belichick as far as what they expect they are going to see week one when the Dolphins play the Patriots? Nobody in their right mind can possibly embrace this based on what we know now. Now, if Cam Newton gets into the facilities and Cam Newton is very clearly a shell of himself athletically and has not bounced back to full health, then maybe maybe we can start to say, yeah, you know, healthy Jarrett Stidham versus 80% of what Cam Newton used to be. We would rather have Jared Stidham. But right now, like Cam missed the last 14 games of the year. He's pissed off that Carolina cut him. He's super motivated. He's working out all the time. There's very little reason to think Cam Newton, at least at the start of the year, can't be back to 100%. Granted, he's on the wrong side of 30, so maybe a little bit of a declining skill set. But still, he was one of the NFL elites as far as athletes at the quarterback position. And one of the strongest arms as well. I don't the Jared Stidham love thing is getting weird. Uh, to the point where it it's it screams to me look at look at Jared Stidham. You want Jared Stidham. And the Patriots have done this before, right? Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo. I get these dudes in the building. And they know how to flip guys for a better return on investment than what they got in the first place. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. They gave him like five starts. They won all their starts. They trade Jimmy uh, for a higher pick than the one that they drafted him with to begin with. Jacoby Brissett. I think they got him early day three. I think they ended up flipping him for Philip Dorsett, who's a former first-round pick. Jared Stidham now, day three, early day three guy. We're trying to drum up the interest. Man, we really love Jared Stidham, but oh, wow, we get to camp and Cam blows us away. And that's going to make Jared Stidham expendable. So does anybody want a quarterback? It's kind of what it smells like to me. But the way the quote reads makes it seem like it's not coming from Bill Belichick. Which makes me then ask, okay, who's, who is the Dolphins, or who is the Patriots sucker? Who are they going, you know I'm going to blame this on Adam Gase. I have to. I have to. Who is going to talk to people around the league that have Bill Belichick's little birds whispering all their secrets, when in fact it's exactly what the Patriots want you to think? The spy games, right? Patriots play this this better than anybody. If this is out, and the, the love for Jarrett Stidham is out to the degree that it is, it's out for a reason. It's just like the Dolphins and their smoke screens, right? The quarterback position before the 2020 NFL draft. So I don't care that it came from an AFC East head coach. I'm not taking the bait, and it feels like bait to me. At this point in time. Now again. Cam can come into camp. And we can hear all these things about how Cam is not himself. Athletically speaking. The arm looks dead from the shoulder issues that he had in the past. And if that's the case. Then I can get on board with maybe Cam Newton is going to be. Something other than the Patriots starting quarterback this year. But until that time comes. This is nonsense. I'm not buying it. Not buying what they're selling me. It's like anytime you're looking a deal and Belichick calls you up, the first thing you do is hang up the phone because he has a very good track record of winning those exchanges and knowing exactly what he wants and exactly what his team needs, and he's willing to pay what it is to get it done. And he's also been able to sell other teams, his players, at a consistent rate. I'm not buying Jared Siddham stock. I refuse to. There's too much smoke around it now for me to not think that there's not some ulterior motive behind why it's as hot as it is. The other thing that came out yesterday that uh, is very relevant to the Miami Dolphins, anytime we've done power to the pod the last two months, get questions about the supplemental draft. Kyle, the Dolphins have two ones and two twos. If we see with the COVID-19 pandemic, some of these college players jump ship because of hardship and maybe not getting to play college football this season, could we see the Dolphins be buyers in the supplemental draft? And and who might you be interested in? Great questions. Very good questions to ask because uh, apparently – Supplemental draft had a little bit too much interest for the NFL this year. They are not holding a supplemental draft. This broke Tom Pellicero of NFL.com uh, reported this. Uh, the NFL will not be holding a supplemental draft in 2020. And they didn't really give a reason why Pelissero said, you know, they, they have the jurisdiction to elect to hold one or not hold one on any given year. And what this says to me is they probably viewed this as way too much gray area, way an opportunity for way too many people to jump into the supplemental draft and declare for it. And you would have had teams scrambling and falling all over themselves to get their preparations in order for the players that could have declared if they were given the opportunity or if those college players were showing interest in declaring for the supplemental draft. So the league said, you know what? We're just going to make it easy on everybody. We're not doing the supplemental draft, which is a shame because I feel for the college kids a great deal. You know, Kids who could have came out last year, elected to go back to school. They wanted to improve their tape. They felt they had unbi- unfinished business at the college level. We don't know what we're going to get from a college football perspective. I feel better about getting NFL football because you've got a players union. These are professional athletes. They're paid to play. The NFL has the resources that they do. College football, there's a lot of universities that have great resources and great facilities at their disposal. But you've got all these different governing bodies of all the different conferences and the NCAA themselves, and you don't pay these players. How do you justify putting those guys out on the field? I don't know. It's a very very difficult moral dilemma for everybody as an individual to navigate, and and everybody has their own opinion. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But at the very root of college football versus NFL football this fall, NFL players get paid. College players do not. So this is what nobody who forewent the NFL draft this past year that could have been a top 100 pick, maybe their their family financially, Could have used another year, but the decision was made, if I go back to school, I'm going to help my stock enough if I play that we're going to get even more money next year. What happens if they don't play? It puts these players, these college players, in a real tough, challenging spot. And um, that's why I think that the fascination from all of you as listeners asking about the supplemental draft was spot on. uh, Because the fact that the NFL shut it down says to me they didn't want the mess of trying to either turn kids away for unexpected hardships that included the coronavirus pandemic, or they felt they were going to get inundated with requests and they didn't want to set that precedent. So no supplemental draft, which means the Dolphins will be entering the 2021 offseason with their current scheduled slate of picks. There will be no unexpected reinforcements from a Travis ETN or a Devonta Smith or anybody like that. And that's okay. From, from the Dolphins' perspective, that's okay. Rome was not built in a day. And getting too aggressive had me thinking about how other teams with prominent winning windows uh, and, and the risks that you run when you get too aggressive. I thought of a couple of teams. And it's where I wanted to finish today's show. Think about the New York Jets. The New York Jets, 18 months ago, were a young team, well-positioned to make a splash. They had a young franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. They had all this cap space. And what the Jets have done, aside of making the wrong head coaching hire, is they've aggressively spent on low-value positions like a record-setting contract for C.J. Mosley, a monster deal for Le'Veon Bell, and they got aggressive. And that aggressiveness has squeezed their window, and it's put strain on their ability to build properly around Sam Darnold, and now you run the risk of squandering Sam Darnold, preventing him from reaching his high ceiling of play as a potential quarterback. And you guys are are suddenly looking at a win-now window where if you played it more slow and steady, you could ease your way into it. You could more easily redirect when things don't materialize the way that you thought they would. And now the Jets are even facing the prospect of losing their best player overall in Jamal Adams who's fed up and doesn't want to be there anymore. You've cut down on your window by spending so aggressively your assets. And what did they have to show for it last year? Seven wins, and three of those game against teams who picked in the top five of the NFL draft. Cleveland Browns were another team. The uh, the Freddie Kitchens debacle of last year. If you think back, not too long ago, uh, Sashi Brown was fired from Cleveland for his team-building approach and the team going 1-31. But what the Browns did throughout the course of that time frame was they built up their assets to the point where they had an embarrassment of riches, an embarrassment of cap space, an embarrassment of draft selections. And first of all, that's what made what the Dolphins did so... So impressive. They found themselves with an embarrassment of riches after six months. It didn't take them two years and losing 31 football games in two years to get to the point where they had all these draft picks and all this draft cap space. Dolphins didn't have the same extent of ammunition at their disposal. But when the Browns transitioned and they bring in John Dorsey, they bring in uh, a guy who is going to go hot and heavy and all in. And they built this kind of uh, dream team, if you will, with Baker Mayfield having the success that he did as a rookie. And you trade a one for Odell Beckham. And you got all these uh, star, you know, all this star power and bringing in Kareem Hunt and so on and so forth. But the offensive tackle position was brutally bad. Baker Mayfield regressed. They again hired the wrong coach. And the Browns fell flat on their face last year after, and I was very guilty of taking the cheese on the Browns last year, getting a bunch of fanfare from a bunch of people who thought this team was set to finally make a big jump. And now the Browns, they no longer have an embarrassment of riches in draft picks. And they're going to have $40 million in cap space next year, barring a salary cap reduction but they've kind of boxed themselves into more highly priced players. And it's kind of that same, uh, what we saw the LA Rams do, right? When the LA Rams uh, had this, the early success with Sean McVay and they hand out all these massive contracts and you fast forward a few years later and it's apparent that the Rams paid some of the wrong guys and now they're in salary cap hell and their roster got worse this off season just to try and create the cap space. Dolphins fans, you know exactly what that's like. So for Miami to, to not be giving away more assets faster, I guess I'm, I'm okay with that because slow and steady and a methodical approach to building your team is going to allow you the chance to not overcommit. Right? We've also talked on this show about Investing versus addressing needs on your roster. And the Dolphins have invested in the trenches in the secondary this offseason. That's terrific. The Dolphins addressed the quarterback position with the low risk addition of Josh Rosen, but they didn't go all in so that now they could pivot when they had a chance to pick two with the number five overall pick. And with those assets, you know, we may get a couple years down the line and some of the players that Miami's brought in don't materialize. Well, if you spurned away and burned all your assets in 2020 because you thought you had all your answers on the roster and lo and behold, you don't, you box yourself in. And for no supplemental draft, knowing and and having the peace of mind to know the Dolphins are going to enter next offseason at this point in time with two ones and two twos. I would expect the Dolphins are going to turn that into additional picks along the way. It's not a bad spot to be because it gives you more flexibility to pivot as you get more information with your team. We've got one more show this week to look forward to, so make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Some nuggets from yesterday that I thought were plenty worth investing some time into talking about. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, as I said. So hit subscribe, keep it locked in, right here on Locked on Dolphins, and I hope to see you all again tomorrow.